The following discussion is not necessarily the views of all involved. The goal is to start open and honest discussion in the Christian worldview. Like all things, weigh what you hear with what you know and join us in our pursuit for the truth. Enjoy the podcast. Man, we're going to have so many good snippets. <laughs> it's like a mind virus. Let's do a Deuteronomy episode sometime, guys. Well, yeah. I'm going to hit you. It's the Frasier to Cheers. Absolutely. Dude, how old are you? <laughs> All right. I'd like to welcome everyone to the Second Rate Saints podcast. I'm your producer, Caleb. To my left. I'm Joel. I'm also here for the podcast. And to my left. I'm Colton. And to my left. Um, I'm Josh. I have a notebook in front of me and a pen and I'm tracking everybody's conversation because it wouldn't because it's not recorded or anything like that yeah right cool yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we get a bad we made that a handwritten transcript that we handed out of the website <laughs> and then spotify <laughs> records it yeah there we go um yeah, Caleb, yeah. you're to my left i am um and you're going to be reading you read a book i did I occasionally do those things. What have you read? Um, you remember the book that you read uh, about a, a month ago. ago? About a month ago. Yeah, uh, Serpent and the Serpent Slayer is yes. in that series of short studies in biblical theology uh, published by Crossway. Um, Correct. So I picked up um, The City of God and the Goal of Creation by T. Desmond Alexander. Um, it was decent. It's pretty good. Yeah. I ain't gonna lie. Um, so he follows the theme of cities and city building starting with uh in genesis there's this whole like go forth and multiply um subdue the earth and all that and he he finds he roots that in that um humanity is supposed to spread across the earth create this he he reads a city into that and relatively so i think i think it's Mm -hmm. That theme continues to build. I don't know if right from Genesis you get that theme immediately. Yeah. Um, however, sin mars humanity to do that. And so instead of building cities where they um, dwell with God, which would be the idea yeah. of the garden and coming into like that, yeah, um, they build cities where they try to be or be or make or gods of their own nature. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so you have these cities, and then Jerusalem is selected. Uh, well, the Israelite people are selected. Then Jerusalem. Um, becomes the quote-unquote city of God and the dwelling place of God. However, mm-hmm. sin, again, just as in the garden, um, causes the downfall and judgment comes. And then it's the whole, uh, God, fine, I'll do it myself. And yeah. Jesus comes, boom, and then we have the uh, realized but not uh, eschatology of the kingdom, not here, or mm-hmm. here but not yet stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then talks about Revelation. And Does he... Uh... Yeah. Does he talk about the the prophecy in uh, Ezekiel or Isaiah where it talks about God bringing people from all around the world? Yeah, with it's, their, like, it's huge. It's their huge. food and their 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 culture, their, yeah. their tongues. And then he ties that obviously right into the respected verses in Revelation. Yeah, um, where every tribe will, yeah. every 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 tongue will confess and every knee will bow, and goes on yeah. to that every tongue and all, language and all that kind of stuff. It's good. I'd I'd highly recommend it. It's yeah. not. I think. Um, and uh, probably the same problem probably with your book mm-hmm. is it's a whole book on one theme. Yeah. And so every now and then you're just like, wow, this is 50 pages of one thing. Oh, that's a lot. Let's <laughs> put this down for a little bit. But it's good. It's yeah. only like 150 page, 100, 160 pages. Um, 
he doesn't get into where we're going to go with our topic here with uh, right. with Luke and one of the themes in Luke is that Jerusalem city of destiny and all that kind of stuff. Actually, not as connected as I thought it was going to be when I initially picked this up, mm-hmm. um, which is fine. Um, um, again, that's uh, the city of God and the gold creation by T. Desmond Alexander. One of the cool things that I saw was uh, all of the materials referenced in the Genesis creation story in the rivers and in the land, the, the unrefined, the gold and the onyx and the mm-hmm. um, all that stuff. All those materials are mentioned in the creation of the, the new Jerusalem yep. that comes down from heaven. Yep. Wow. The Borg cube. But like refined. <laughs> yeah. But like, but like now they've been refined and made crafted, yep. handcrafted, right. whereas... The Genesis garden was a, like, a garden by nature is an ordered chaos where a city is a completely ordered yeah. mm-hmm. event. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a small read. I'm not mm-hmm. going to lie. It's like, yeah, 150 pages. And it's, it's, it's not written at a grad level. It's written at an undergrad level that I think any layman Lay could person. pick up and, and immediately follow through there might be some words you got to google but there's not many i'd recommend it okay cool but so when you're talking about um maybe you mentioned this and i and i missed it but uh the building up of cities by man in the beginning mm-hmm. is that uh juxtaposed with like the the failure of the roman empire as like a, a lesser version of what will come he gets into that with daniel and the failed okay. empires there sense. Um, but does but, he talk about like the the Tower of Babel like as a failed city? Yep. Okay. Specifically cool. as a failed city, mm-hmm. uh, because they because of their moral corruption, that now they although they still do the things that they were originally designed for, mm-hmm. that is spread across the earth and build cities. Although there's a weird thing there that uh, they build cities, but they don't spread across the earth, and so there's a there's a weird it's thing like going on. City with the states they they conglomerate mm-hmm. in big groups. Yeah, well, slowly moving out. That that could be, but he yeah. presents more that the idea that humans are doing the thing that they're supposed to in that that is like subdue the earth, build the city, yeah. grow, populate, but they're not spreading across the earth. Mm. Um, and then that uh, they're also not only that they're not living in a place that, that that God is with them. They are trying to get to the place where they are gods, or they yeah. um, construct God in their yeah. image. The uh, instead of the idea of them going out from god bringing so so to speak this like the eden elsewhere in the world Mm because like eden was like the small place the garden yeah not the whole earth and so like adam's job was to spread that out or humanity's job is to spread that out instead they're fleeing from god to make cities in their own image yeah so they're the the movement is still outward but the motivation is Mm -hmm. yes yes um he makes a bigger deal out of the idea that they don't yeah. spread because God mixes their language because they are not spreading yeah. across the face of the earth. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're not wrong in that. It's just yeah. he takes it a, a slightly different direction. Yeah, um, yeah I'd recommend it. I'm going to read another one afterwards. But cool. um, Josh and I have read one, and I think I'd like to actually read eventually all the ones that I, are published. I got you a third one, too. Oh, yes, you did. Yeah. Um, Lord's Supper. Yeah. Looking mm-hmm. forward to that. That one's... Smaller. I could probably read that in two days if I yeah. had it off. Probably a day if I didn't do anything. But yeah. I'm a slow good. reader. It sounds like a good yeah. series. Yeah. Yeah. They've got some good ones. What's yeah. the series called? Uh, just short studies in biblical theology by Crossway. Wow. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, 
it's still publishing. They're still publishing a lot of uh, a lot of them. It's still a relatively new series, mm-hmm. but um, it's good. Yeah, cool. Actually, and they, yeah. they've also got the uh, uh, short studies and systematic theology as well. I saw that in the bookstore which, today, um, which is cool because then you have like they sometimes they'll talk about the same same idea, but in the different methodology of a biblical theology versus a systematic theology. And yeah. it's I think as an as yeah. someone who's still an undergrad, but at the yeah. very tail end of it, I would appreciate. I would have appreciated that at the beginning yeah. of my undergrad. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. But Colton, yes, it's time we're, we're going to talk about the third gospel in our gospel series. Yeah, you Peter. got Luke. Oh, uh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah buddy. Yeah, yeah. You prepped for the wrong one. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> um, if only, if only we talked about that one. But the the Luke. The Luke. The Luke. Also, used, I don't want to say more commonly, but often referred to as Luke-Acts in conjunction with the second part, mm-hmm. which is Acts. Mm-hmm. Um, I would argue that that's a... Uh, um, a how do I say it? Not just Pentecostal, but a like a, a high academic thing. The Fair enough, yeah. Lay people or people in other denominations tend to... Don't see I think or one of care the, for the connection. I think the layman's do. Yeah, yeah. I, I think one of the uh, the reasons that is is because John's kind of thrown in between yeah. them, which mm-hmm. I understand why they ordered it the way they did. But I I, yeah. I do think they should be together. To yeah. be honest, they are they are basically a continu- it's a continuation of Luke, which yeah. Luke. It's funny because I'm not convinced of that, but that's okay. I am, and I I will give reasons later. Don't worry. Okay, but. <laughs> I'm not going to talk about Acts too much because we're talking about the gospel specifically, but there are a lot of connections between Luke and Acts that matter a lot in terms of both narrative and thematic structures. Mm-hmm. Uh, not because Luke is some kind of prequel to Acts or something like that, but because that it is, well, I, again, it is somewhat of a, this is what Jesus did, this is what the apostles did, as a existing in the same framework of morals and ideas that he's trying to put forward so you don't see it as a as a related volume but just a continuation of a story i don't understand you it's not just it's not just a continuation of story like you would pick up say the first lord of the rings or harry potter book and then read the second one it's Mm -hmm. it's not just a continuation it's a a shift there's a reason why there's a distinction between the two it's a it's Mm -hmm. a shift between tones but it still uses the ideas built up in the first book to help the second book and there's this expectation in the first book that the second book might even happen, but hmm. it's not necessary. I'll, I'll cool. explain later. I'll explain later. It's like the main character changes after the first book. So you're saying Axe is, Axe is a spinoff? Axe is... <laughs> Are we going with the Axe. official position that Axe is a spinoff of Luke? So it's the, the Frasier to Cheers? Absolutely. Dude, how old are you? <laughs> Dude, Frasier, no, is, no. Frasier is the most successful spinoff of anything ever. I wouldn't doubt it, yeah. Mormonism. Uh, have, have they <laughs> won 16 Emmys? Christianity. You're right. It's not, it's not a TV show. <laughs> you're, you're right. But whenever I think of spinoff and we're talking about religion, immediately think of Actually, Mormonism. No, 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 it's no, Christianity. No. Yeah, it's Christianity. Christianity is the most successful spinoff it's of not Judaism. A spin-off. It's It's uh, 2.0. No, but Wait a second. Judaism would consider it a spinoff. You're right. Are you, yeah. are you a practicing Jew? <laughs> and, anyway. I'm better at it. No. Um... <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> um, uh, back to Luke. L- Luke is an interesting book. Is that much like Matthew? It is based quite heavily off of that of Mark, 
mm-hmm. or at least if you believe in Mark and priority, which I think all of us here agree with, the idea that Mark is an inspiration for both Matthew and Luke. Most scholarly consensus goes there too. The, the vast majority, yeah. as far as I'm aware. Yeah, like it's more of a fringe belief not to believe that. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'm almost there. Explained? I had to. Oh. When we did our Gospels course, I think it might have been first year or mm-hmm. something we did that together, um, I, I actually concluded that Mark and Priority is not necessary okay. if, if you take Q seriously, but Q is so hypothetical that... Sure, it depends on how far you go with Q, but you can involve Mark in Q a little bit there. Yeah, but I, the, the way that I was uh, looking at it was that Q was likely a form of Matthew that came before Mark even. Yeah. Um, okay, so well, I just sure. got one guy on my side. <laughs> sure. Apparently. Fair enough. Um, but there, there are definitely direct references and structures. Yeah. I, I'm specifically okay. I, I don't want to fight you on this either. No, I think right. Like I, I, I don't I even think you're wrong. Get mark and priorities like a view that's most common. Do you, do you mean mark and priorities? And it's the first ever the first gospel. thing. For it's oh. the first gospel. I agree. Yeah. But do you does Q come into that equation, or is that just like? Additional document. Q's something. Q's probably the notes that Matthew took. Sure. But also, when you, this is like this is an academic conversation. Yeah. Not the like. I know. I know. Yeah. I don't want to get bogged yeah. down. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. I just mean like like when you guys were like what most people believe. It's like yeah. most people like the thousand of people that sure. are actually thinking about this. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Matthew wrote first because it's first in the New Testament, right? That's yeah. how that works. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. He's also older. <laughs> What a weird. Okay. That's a yeah. That's a weird. Okay. Cool. Yes. Sorry to derail your thing no, it's, about Luke. No, it's all right. How I, anyways, is, how old is Luke? Is that the question? Twenty-three. <laughs> no, I'm so confused. Yeah, no, the person Luke Holt. Never. Sorry. Ne- I no derailed idea. you, Colton, and no, on purpose a little. No bit. clue. Okay. Anyway, um, from from Mark, yeah. there are obviously the direct quotes and stuff uh, from different segments, uh, but more importantly, there's a lot more structural. Um, similarities between the two in terms of how the how the order of events happens in the book and how the uh, like I think Matthew's fairly similar as well uh, although I don't personally I've, I didn't compare Matthew and Luke as much as I compared mm-hmm. Mark and Luke yeah um, but there is also a lot of the things that aren't are a lot of things from this so-called quote-unquote Q document the similarities mm-hmm. between Matthew and Luke mm-hmm. um, that might potentially be from a previous document yeah which we could talk about for another... No, I just We kidding. actually could. Just, we, we, we've, we've covered brought it up every single episode. Yeah. <laughs> it's important to every single episode. Yeah. It is. It also, is. I did True. look it up, and Q stands for the German word for Kel, which means just source. It just means the source document. Nice. That's all it means. That's pretty cool. Um, There's a joke in the Matrix somewhere in there, but I won't get in there. The source. No. Oh, cool. There's a political joke there, too, but I'm not going to make it. <laughs> cool. <laughs> We're so funny when we don't make <laughs> jokes. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> Here, it's a, it's a pick-your-own-adventure podcast. Welcome. <laughs> well, from, from Mark and Q, um, and Mark, Matthew, all of these different ones, there is a lot of obvious inserts that Luke makes that are specifically not found in either, either part. They could, again, be more loans from this Q document, but mm-hmm. Matthew doesn't include them. The other Gospels don't include them. That kind of thing, and so he's making some kind of point with them, or he's including them for some specific reason. Yeah. Um, and one of those differences is the prologue. Uh, the prologue of Luke kind of gives a good way of understanding how the rest of the book works, uh, in terms of that it both sets up the structure, but also the themes of the book. 
it's a uh, he Luke addresses a. I'm gonna go with man because I think that it's more widely accept- accepted. It's a specific man named Theophilus, although mm-hmm. Theophilus means most beloved or mm-hmm. the beloved one or, or something like that, um, which could just be addressing the I thought, congregation. I thought it meant you know. lover of God. Uh, I saw a beloved one. I, I looked it up earlier, but uh, whatever. Either way, um, the uh, I, I go with it's a man specifically with uh, the whole they address the uh, title given the most excellent, mm-hmm. but that's semantics. It doesn't matter as much. Do you have any idea who that is, Theophilus? Yeah. Uh, if he were a person, it's probably a, specifically uh, a Gentile, mm-hmm. uh, well, high-ranking figure. Mm-hmm. Or it's uh, if you do go with it's not a man specifically, it's a Gentile church that want okay. to that understand that there's some connections between Jesus and the Old Testament and the coming mm-hmm. kingdom and stuff. Yeah, but um, well, like, I can tell you, it's a masculine singular in Luke. Perfect. It's cool. It's masculine. Actually, that that helps. That does help. Yeah. If it's a singular person, yeah. So what I've heard is it might be a uh, person in the court. Mm-hmm. discussing literally the trial of Jesus or the trial of the apostles, one or the other, defending mm-hmm. the apostles, if it leads like into Theophilus Acts. himself? Yeah, Theophilus might be a high-ranking official that he now has Probably, to... Probably, yeah. Uh, well, maybe, of course, make a case maybe not. For, I don't know. Is the first case for Christ. Uh, I ain't gonna lie. I've heard that. <laughs> I've heard yeah. it once, and I've never come across it again. I yeah, didn't find no, it's it like in my research, but my One professor whatever. was like, hey, this is might be what happened. And, okay. and I'm like, that's a cool idea, but... Like like you said, it's not a very commonly held belief, but yeah. Yeah. Sorry to interject. There. Well, no, no, that's that's fine. The, this um, this prologue specifically that he's addressing Theophilus, and he specifically gives this idea that um, there's he's addressing it. He says specifically. Let me find the actual quote so I don't do this wrong. But there's this idea of uh, he's trying to get the introduction into Jesus right. What actually happened? How that works? I don't have internet, uh, so no Google for you. No Google for me. Do we need the Bible. I would love a Bible, but there is yeah. This he wants to get across what happened in a specific way. I have. Uh, he says specifically, many have an un- have undertaken to drop an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handled down by those who, from the first, were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. Uh, with this in mind, I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning. I, too, decided to write an orderly account to you. Uh, so you may know the certainty of the things so you, that you have been taught. It's, mm-hmm. again, this idea of a certain uh, historical telling of exactly what happened mm-hmm. with, obvious, um, as I'll go into, some thematic overtones into it as well. Because mm-hmm. if it were simply just exactly what happened, there would be way... Much like John says, there wouldn't be enough books uh, to fill the earth. Also, he's not a modern historian. He would no. never write what just happened. No. Yes. That's not why you write books. No. But it is... The, it, In the first century. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, this, this idea carries on into Acts. I'm not going to get into it too much, but Acts begins with the same kind of idea of, my dear Th- uh, Theophilus, mm-hmm. so I've shown you this. This is what happened after kind of mm-hmm. idea. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is this... That, that's partially why it does seem like it is one document, this continuation kind of idea. Mm-hmm. Although there is a pivot. And like Caleb said, it doesn't have to be. Although you're not as convinced, I think, as I am. No. No. It's funny because I'm normally the more Pentecostal. <laughs> I, no, I, yeah. I, 
Yeah, I don't do it for Pentecostal reasons, just because I see a lot of thematic connecting points mm-hmm. between the two at the very end of Luke and the very beginning of Acts. But anyways, mm-hmm. um, this, not to go too long on to this, uh, to this opening, but it does show the, who was the author, which I haven't actually gotten into yet. Mm-hmm. We'll get into the author very quickly, but uh, it does seem that whoever's writing, because the, the book of Luke, which is called Luke for reasons, as in it was written by Luke, <laughs> but I'll, I'm ahead of myself. You can tell no way! It is. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, is that uh, this seems to be a man who is fairly educated? As uh, mm-hmm. this type of prologue is called an exordium, it's a very specifically literary device that was used by other Greek writers, and specifically uh, the structure and stuff is very similar to historians mm-hmm. of the time. Um, specifically, uh, one that's notable is Josephus, mm-hmm. although um, they aren't the same kind of story. They have this very similar opening. Um, okay. In against Appion, I think that's the name of it. I don't know. Yeah. Yep. Not only does the prologue enable readers to better understand the purpose of the gospel, but it also makes the destination very clear. Uh, again, this idea of a true telling. Mm-hmm. But uh, to get into who actually wrote the book, because I think that this is a good time as any. Um, there's a lot of different reasons we can believe it's Luke. There's a lot of different people put forward for who could have written it, but there are only a few really that, that can. Um, and uh, Josh, I'm going to have to disagree with you on a few things from your from Mark, not because you're wrong or anything, just because I think uh, the the dating of Mark does matter for the dating of Luke. Yep. Um, and I, I think that there's some interesting distinctions that we'll make. Mm-hmm. Um, with... Uh, with the authorship, it does seem that the the person who was in Acts specifically, Acts and Luke are very heavily connected together in terms of they have very similar styles, very similar structure, very similar mm-hmm. uh, similar themes, but not the same themes. Yep. Um, although, it's okay, Colton, I won't come after you on this. It's not worth it. You're staring me into my staring. Yeah, I just into want my soul. you to know that I that I maybe disagree. I don't know. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> what's the reason put forth for it not being the same person? Is it just that it's a Greek style of writing and that it could be copied by two people and it's not necessarily like an authorship thing? Is that the idea? My understanding is that the documents are so similar that it's definitely written by the exact same mind, but it's yeah. whether or not that the themes are meant to coincide. Where are they direct sequels? Are they two volumes of the same thing? Are yeah. they two are they a sequel that then goes off and does its own thing and we shouldn't be interpreting the themes of one onto the other? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the part where I where Colton and I might disagree, yeah. and maybe in different the language. Yeah, the language use is very similar. It's the same style of Greek, same level yeah. of Greek. Yeah. It's, again, it's the same author, whoever yeah. wrote it. Uh, it very obviously both had uh, eyewitness accounts, so it had to be someone of the time. It limits the pool very narrowly to it. Ha- pretty much has to be the same person. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll be hard-pressed to find anyone who says differently. Yeah. But um, in terms of the specific person who wrote it, uh, again, it, it depends on the date. A little bit. Um, Acts has, at the end of Acts, is, well, near the second half of Acts, is three sections called the we segments. Yes. Um, this idea that they're, they're where the, uh, the narrator, this uh, overarching figure, inserts himself into the narrative by saying rather than they went, they went, they went, to we went, we went, we did this, so, mm-hmm. so on and so forth. Yeah. Um, which is odd if it was someone who isn't actually part of the journey itself and wouldn't make any thematic sense or literary sense in comparison to the rest of the, the book. So it, mm-hmm. it, 
unless someone's trying to just like self-insert them into a story for some reason it's mm-hmm. fairly it's fairly obvious that it was someone who knew paul directly or knew or, w- or yeah. went on his journeys at the very least yeah um and because they're so heavily connected together these books they were the same person who wrote the first one the first god mm-hmm. the gospel luke um however uh throughout the throughout the book uh you start seeing that there are some people who couldn't be part of it people who weren't mentioned during the uh during the uh, journeys, so mm-hmm. on and so forth, that, long story short, two people really are the ones who are put forward as the most likely, and that's Titus, who wrote the mm-hmm. book. Well, he was the uh, the recipient of the letter to Titus. Yeah. Um, and the other one being Luke, who is mentioned a few times in different things, but specifically in Acts. Mm-hmm. It's mentioned a bit. Um, he was on the journeys, all of the weed journeys, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, Titus doesn't make a lot of sense in terms of being the author for specific reasons. Specifically, like, he does have a leg- level of education, but he wasn't in these places at this time, and he didn't know these people. Stuff like mm-hmm. that. Okay. Um, so, unless someone could just pull out of the ether some random person, yeah. Luke in the Bible seems to be the only person who actually could. The other, the other evidence that really confirms this is that all early, uh, all early people... Uh, attributed to him. Yeah. yeah, all early church fathers attributed yeah. to him as early as 130, 100, stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, which would be weird if they were wrong. <laughs> it would be weird if every single one of these people was wrong. Not that one specific person would be wrong. Yeah. Um, I could go over this. In point. fact, that's how most historical documents and documents in the ancient yes. world were attested to. Yes. Is it was attested to by a unanimous consensus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we, we see from the book, the both books, Act Luke's itself, that seems to be very likely it's Luke, and I think it's pretty much confirmed from the external sources that is definitely Luke. Okay. Um, I think it's hard to push anybody else. There, there are some people who do for some... But they, again, it's very much they're like, it's not Luke. Who is it? I don't know. I got a wild theory for you. Okay. Okay. Jesus. Yeah, Jesus wrote Luke. Jesus wrote Luke. He was there with there are, Paul on his journey. There, you go. <laughs> there are some <coughs> modern theologians mm-hmm. um, and biblical studies people um, who will argue that because Luke has a heightened, um, let's say, uh, theme and focus on female issues that the author was feminine. Yeah, I disagree with that. Why? Well, okay. This is a good time as any to talk about uh, the theme. Okay. This this theme specifically. There's a lot of themes. I'll get over go over them a little bit, but I, I disagree with it too. Just FYI. Okay. But, yeah. 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 But I'm, I'm actually there for this. Okay. This is a moral influence theory kind of. Oh hill. no. <laughs> See, on a hill, I'll be dead. <laughs> no. Uh, there there is this idea throughout all of Luke, kind of continued into Acts. Definitely there, but not as prominent. But Luke mm-hmm. specifically is Jesus interacting with the le- the least of them among us, mm-hmm. the the lowest of social classes, and this great reversal of uh, social order. Yeah. Um, the first becoming or the last becoming the first, first last. You have this idea of uh, love of the poor of the the tax these lowest possible people yeah. mm-hmm. um, in society, not lowest possible in worth. Um, we should get at because one of one of How- those types of people in the time are women. And mm. Gentiles and Samaritans and stuff like yeah. that. Not people of any actual worth who are lesser, because Jesus definitely doesn't treat them yeah. like that. But people who are seen as the outcast. 
Yeah, the 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 current society culture mm-hmm. ordered that those people were of less value, but he did not see that they were of less value. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. So I don't believe in this view. Okay. I don't think that it's the best explanation. But the reason I said I would champion it is because feminist theology is really interesting. Because it's literally... Uh-oh. <laughs> okay, we could clip what you want, I guess. I, um, yeah, my, my issue with saying ideology, theology, yeah. is that it comes from the ideological position first and then the theology rather than the theology position first and then applying it. For sure, which is why nobody considered it until like a hundred years ago. Right. Right? So the fact that everybody's taking Luke and reinterpreting it in this kind of... Sure. Maybe not even reinterpreting it. It's getting Notice, more popular, think, Noticing yeah. themes nobody else cared about until now. Well, it, it, okay. it, they weren't emphasized nearly okay. as much, at the very least. I, I agree. Or point some of them, like there's yeah. connections made, like you said, with the women. The reformers yeah. noticed the women. They, they did, <laughs> but it wasn't as big of... like. But they yeah, again, there was in that that context of they are in this society, the Jewish mm-hmm. society, they are the least um, yeah. in the social order. Same as like well, these Gentiles and Jewish idea, mm-hmm. the, whatever. Um, there. Okay. Well, for Samaritans, our, for yeah. our listeners, then you're going to see a lot of people with like pop theology, basically, on Instagram and Facebook, mm-hmm. and they're going to be saying that Jesus championed women, and this is what they're talking about in these themes of Luke, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And. Be careful how far you go with that, because saying that Luke was a woman is, like, kind of a bad interpretation and has no historical yeah, ab- proofs. Absolutely. But it's still true that Christ championed women in the yeah, yeah. in a way. Uh, yeah. uh, he brought them out of the, the social dredges well, that a, they were A great in. example so of that So my is... point is that you can go too far with it, but it's not completely bankrupt, much well, like moral influence theory. <laughs> well, one of the good things that, that helps connect the ideas, where you, where you can see this as an obvious idea, is... Mm-hmm. Um, not not moral influence theory, but this oh. idea of like he's more talking about um, the oppressed peoples of the time and the yeah. lowest of the time kind of mm-hmm. idea is that you see that the idea of the good Samaritan or mm-hmm. well the good Samaritan's one but he specifically targets the Samaritan woman mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. as this, the a woman who's had many husbands so not mm-hmm. even the other Samaritan women would even come near her yeah. um, and because she's a woman she can't talk to the men directly so when Jesus comes to her as this rabbi she, he's taking the social order mm-hmm. and he's, he's not necessarily just this he's not here to destroy social order he's mm-hmm. here to somewhat even it as in mm-hmm. all people are worthy of potentially coming into his presence and mm-hmm. he specifically talks about like how the rich are the ones who are actually the least well mm-hmm. i think um, i think a great parable that illustrates this mm-hmm. is in luke 18 where he gives the parable of the tax collector and the uh and the Pharisee, and the Pharisee goes in and he goes loudly the whole, like, I thank God I'm not a tax collector or a dog mm-hmm. or a woman. And then you have the you, know, you have the tax collector who, you know, doesn't even lift his eyes up to heaven and beats his chest and goes, I, I don't I'm deserve. A, I'm a sinner. And then he asks the crowd, who, who do you think really is, yeah, who, who, do, you, who do you think's um, honest in their approach to God? Who do you think is actually trying? Um and he gets the crowd to admit, oh, the person who's the socially lower. Yeah. yeah. Um, or, um, and that ties back to uh, other things Jesus has said, like, uh, blessed are the poor in spirit. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Where it's this idea that, like, when you are downtrodden, when you are faced with, when you, when you believe that you are less mm-hmm. 
in that when society places that on you you have this you don't have to like look Mm -hmm. for like this this like thing inside you that says you're you're like you're not worthy Mm -hmm. that and like sin puts that on you and Yeah. yeah yeah do you think part of that that focus of luke comes from the early church in acts caring for the the poor i think the the focus comes on it because most physicians were slaves in the first century mm-hmm. and if he's okay. a physician okay. he's a slave most likely purchased yeah. his education is bought is bought for mm-hmm. if theophilus is a very is, is his patron yeah. and his patron may have yeah. sent him with paul because of his eyesight problem this is like a whole thing okay yeah <laughs> um if you have to work with like so little evidence well then you have to go with what little evidence you have so this would be the the, the theory off of the very isolated yeah, points could very much not be true but it's an yeah. interesting idea to think about um and so that he's writing to his patron mm-hmm. um about what he taught what paul was paul taught him that he may know it's true and so that uh luke is probably a slave or a fleet freed slave and so his focus would be on the marginalized the, yeah. Yeah. the outcast um, i think that that's where the inspiration for the author yeah. to focus, well, on, to focus this on this theme I, that okay. Jesus, like Jesus talked about many themes, but mm-hmm. Luke focused on that one because of his own natural influence. Well, well, it's how he would interpret the gospel. Yeah, of course. Yeah. 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 Well, that, that's very interesting because uh, I think that is, that could, definitely could be a big part of it. I think he also does it for a different reason, which I think is a good time as any to mention the kingdom narrative mm-hmm. in Luke and Luke acts specifically. This is, one of the reasons I link Luke Acts a lot together is this idea of this, the theme of the kingdom, the kingdom of God and, and what it means. It's interesting because I don't get think a kingdom theme in Acts as strongly, which I think is the main disconnect. So I, if I, I study it, that, yeah. I may... It's probably not as talked about, but it's more just this, this kingdom which was here is now coming kind of idea. And yeah. it's, it's established at the very beginning of Acts uh, as the... I'll get into it. Yeah. But... Um, Again, because it's not standalone, is that, uh, well, oh, actually, I can, yeah, one of the reasons why Acts and Luke I link so together, especially with this kingdom idea, is, um, is that Acts and Luke have an ending of Luke that connects very heavily to the, to the beginning of Acts, as in it's supposed to tie them together as being very similar. Can I... Can Let I play me, devil's advocate for two seconds? Yeah. Well, wait, wait. Can, he, can he give the positive first and then fine, you can give the negative? Fine. <laughs> Luke ends with the apostles waiting for the promised spirit of power in 2447-49 and with Jesus' ascension immediately after with 2450-53. Acts begins, again, with the, uh, he addresses Theophilus, but right after that he says uh, they're waiting for the spirit of power in Jerusalem in, in uh, or Sorry, no, it's the other way around. The more of a cat, it's this. Um, what do you call it when it's the? Uh, this we talked about it last time. This structure that Jews used oh, to use. Oh, a, a chiasm. Chiasm. I almost said catechism. That's the wrong. It's word. a catechism. That's it's the structure catechism. we use. Yeah, this idea. Indoctrinate children. Yeah, they were waiting for the spirit <laughs> of power. <laughs> um, Jesus's ascension. Then Acts begins immediately. <laughs> but it hasn't been confirmed. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> But the joke's too far apart. I'm sorry, guys. No, that's all right. Con- continue. Um, 
the Luke ends with the uh, apostles waiting for the com- coming of the Spirit of Power in uh, in Jerusalem, and then with Jesus's ascension. Acts begins immediately with a retelling of that story of Jesus's ascension and a few things around it, and then right after that is the uh, receiving of the Spirit that they were waiting mm-hmm. for. Um, there is this linking together of ideas, and I could probably go further than that, but in the time I had, that's that's the connection I one of the connections cool. I found. It's interesting because mm-hmm. you use the same evidence to say that there's a connection by the thing that I would say the same evidence really? to say it's a disconnection because he wouldn't have to retell the story if it's just continuing well, on. Well, if it no no if it was the same if it was written at the same time for sure, but if in a in a uh, a thing like this, it would make sense if he was recounting what happened before, especially if there's more context added to it, if he's having a thematic conclusion of the previous book. Sure. Like in 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 last episode, blah, 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 blah. Moving on. Sure, to an extent. (laughs) But I think that even the thematic elements are there because Jesus' ascension is kind of just a sentence in the end of Luke. Or it's like, it's three three verses where it goes on a lot longer. um, And the dialogue around it goes on a lot longer in Acts. I know my... I, I, I think I've got a positive... Okay. It's not a good argument for your case. It's a... You mean Colton's case? Colton's case, yes. <laughs> um, sorry, audio listeners. Um, there is another example of this in the Pentateuch, but it's not a good example because the book's edited. So uh, Deuteronomy starts with a, with a summary of the events in the previous book. Um, mm-hmm. To like... Because like right, in right. the story, they're now a- after the event, and they're they're reading the law, and so he's giving them like a God has brought you thus far, and now you will move. But Deuteronomy is supposed to be somewhat of a distillation, anyway, is it not? Yeah. Also, saying yeah, it's an edited it is. form is a big thing we're going to blow over, but yeah, that doesn't mean I disagree. Okay. Yeah, it edited has... forms in the Old Testament, absolutely thing. Anyways, sure. Um, the Book of Deuteronomy is just a synthesized version not... of Numbers, right? No. no. Yes. Numbers no. of Leviticus, yes. right? No. Yeah. Numbers in Leviticus. This is going to be fun, guys. Numbers in Leviticus are just yeah, put together, right. and then and we the got Deuteronomy. No, well, well, Deuteronomy isn't just something that uh, a king found in the middle of his reign just to... No. Uh, not, no, right, no. I can't wait. We're going to talk about Deuteronomy. Let's, let's one do a Deuteronomy episode sometime, guys. We will. Yeah. Anyway, after, the, after the patriarchs. I'm going to hit you. It, it, it is... <laughs> <laughs> sure, it is, it is similar to that, although yeah. I, don't, I haven't read that specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is... At least, Caleb, from what I, I see, is that there... You're right, is that there is this retelling as in like mm-hmm. oh it's a different thing but i see it as a connection point as in it, it reiterates what they were waiting for and it reiterates what happened in the last one i'm gonna be it up, connects the two i'm gonna be upfront and clear with why i think there's why Do i it. sympathize with them being two separate Do it. is because every presentation that i've heard mm-hmm. of it is by pentecostals who really 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 want them to be connected and i find the evidence lacking i haven't done the evidence Enough of my own study hasn't gone into to in sure. investigating the evidence. So if anything, I just... I think it's more to, to connect <laughs> thematic ideas rather than structural ideas. Because the structure of Acts, completely different than to that of Luke. Like, it's more of a historical retelling rather than a succinct gospel writing. Okay, that's fine. Um, and it has different thematic ideas. Acts specifically being about the freedom of the travel of the gospel and stuff like that. But Luke's obviously not like that. Um, however, I do think that the connection point there, as loose as you think it might be, and, and, and it might actually be. I, don't, I, don't know. I, I could be wrong. Um, <laughs> Probably I am. think 
an interesting part is because right after that those connecting that connecting idea mm-hmm. is this idea of there's this talk about the kingdom, mm-hmm. um, and before that there was this talk about the kingdom. When Jesus came to the God, to the uh, apostles, he says, "Well, is Jesus, is your kingdom coming?" He's like, "That's not for you to know." Immediately, it's retold again. That's not for you to know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the giving of the spirit of power is to p- proclaim this good news that Jesus is coming with power, but mm-hmm. also that he died and resurrected. There's yeah. I think that there's stuff there in terms okay. of that thematic connection, but you're right. It does change. Like there's a lot of changes in Acts to Luke. Mm-hmm. Um, however, this idea of the kingdom narrative, I think, is, in my opinion, from my research, the most standout of the themes. Okay. Although there's a lot, there's a lot. Of, mm-hmm. I had to kind of keep a few of them out because there's a lot of thematic connections you can draw on Luke. Mm-hmm. So many. Um, and then, so we're all not fighting you. I actually agree with your Luke and Act connection. I think that they're yes. the same same author. And Fight me, Caleb. Now who's the contrarian? The okay, can, I, oh, can I add something? Yes. I don't care. Yeah. It doesn't matter that much. The only time that I actually care, because this, I don't care. The only time that I actually yeah. care is when some pastor grabs something and acts and then reads it into Luke and it's like, no, stop. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. Because that happens fair. Often. Yeah. Fair. I, I, just think, when, I think that's fair. I, I, like we've both said that they're, you mentioned that they, they must have been written by the same person, whatever, mm-hmm. because of the, like, the, the time period, the style, the blah, blah, blah. Yeah. The beginning, the written to Theophilus, blah, blah, blah. That, that's all I need. Yeah, no, me too. But <laughs> I don't want 20 minutes of this. I'm sorry, guys. I, I think that the, <laughs> the connection there, like I said, is more thematic. It, yeah. And for me, it helps to yeah. suss out what the important themes he's trying yeah. to get across over, especially both. But yeah. Even just in Luke, what he's trying to emphasize in Luke that carries out in Acts kind of yeah. idea. I yeah no I just wanted to say that it's like I just wanted to say that it's like the the discussion is good I like that we had it but it's not for like if listeners are like I don't know what to believe it's just like it's believe okay me. it's okay it's like <laughs> yeah, it's no. not pertinent <laughs> it, no it's it's one of those not semantic but more just the opinion based it, it only matters in ivory towers yeah yeah it does it. Mm-hmm ultimately has no impact or bearing on the actual yeah. ideas in Luke or Acts, just on how you interpret them and use them. It's yeah. academics trying to prove that they have a job that's worth having. What if we got to heaven and he's like, Theophilus just means diary, guys. It's like, your diary. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to see that Luke was literally writing to his own diary that someone just picked up. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's what um, that's what medi- Marcus Aurelius' Meditations was. Yep. Oh, he yeah. never intended yeah. it for it to go public. Yeah. Yep, I love reading Luke's diary. It's my favorite part. <laughs> but, um, again, with the kingdom, the thing I think that Luke is trying to emphasize the most with the kingdom, specifically, is this reversal. So we talked about this reversal of social orders, this this bringing up of the outcasts and this lowering of the, the structures that be kind of idea. Not in terms of like trying to abolish structures and and like a proletariat revolt of some kind. That's not what he's doing. It's not, it's not liberation theology. It's really not liberation. We're going to talk about liberation theology at some point. I love it. but um, Although liberation the- theologians love liberation. Yes, they do. Because there is that focus on the, ah, the marginalized. Yeah. And this bringing up against the, the powers that be. Yeah. yeah. But it's this idea that the systems of the world are broken. This is what the systems of the kingdom of God are. And it's taking 
it's take yes you have a concerned face no i don't i I, i'm really enjoying this carry carry on i have a comment after okay um this uh these people who are marginalized these people who are outcast i think luke is trying to get across because there is this he's telling it to the uh to these this gentile audience that theophilus specifically but to an audience of gentiles (laughs) sorry yes (laughs) i had a wild theory if it's if luke is a slave and he's like hey there's this great moral teacher that you believe in that said that we're all equal release me (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) like that's like this is this is just one big scheme for him to become free (laughs) (laughs) that's funny liberation theology but just for him (laughs) yeah that's awesome well yeah go ahead here's 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 the the weird concern face that i had um it was what you're talking about. It's mm-hmm. not like a complete... It's not an abolish of, the, of no. the system. Nor is it a, hey, the kingdom is coming, prepare its way by war. It's no. this, how is the kingdom ushered in? Yeah. In the context when there's still broken systems. Mm-hmm. Um, how do the meek inherit the earth? Yeah. Um, is Christ's sacrifice at the end of the book? Uh, Christ's crucifixion and resurrection. Should that concept of reversal of how the oppressed are to act in the context of being oppressed. Is that connected at all? It might be an axe, maybe. Are you saying that um, in the same way that Jesus is presenting this idea that the least will become great and the great will become the least, that in the same way Jesus, God of the universe, has become the least of these, and in doing so dies, loses, and that's how the kingdom wins? Yeah, is like but, but, through the least. But that, but that's the idea with the oppressed and the marginalized. Yeah, mm-hmm. self-sacrificial love is the way by which the hundred percent. Are you Spe- saying that you have a through smi- Christ's demonstration of oh, the greatest no. sacrificial love? Uh, that no. Why does everything come back to moral influence theory? That's fine. I'm sorry. Okay, one second. <laughs> I need to do. No, something. it's okay. It's fun. <laughs> I'm about to get stomped. Just because <laughs> Jesus presents this idea that the least of these, it, like, should live in a sacrificial way, he's using that as an example to show that he himself, as the least of these, becoming the least of these, self-sacrificing is how the world is won over, is not saying, like, like hey, you should be influenced into becoming like this. It's a like I no, did not this. No, not atonement. No, this is how yeah. I won, and yeah. people are atoned. Yeah, and you should be like that because you like me. Well, like not not as a means yeah. to atonement. And in, in terms of what you're saying, Caleb, and yeah, what yeah. you're saying, Josh, and, and sure. Joel too. Yeah. What I, and Joel too. <laughs> this um, is the end of the moral influence storyline. Joel, you. I love you. The, the story of of it is less so about moral influence necessarily, and like Christ died to, to show an. Uh, like an example kind of idea, but it's more a theme throughout the entire book in and of itself. This this idea of Jesus's teaching about love and sacrifice and that which actually should be priority and that which is actually worthy in the kingdom. That kind of idea um, is brought up. The, there are more parables in in John uh, John in Luke than any other synoptic gospel, as far as mm-hmm. I'm aware, or even any gospel. I don't I don't actually know, but um, probably more than John. Oh, uh, John doesn't have a whole lot of parables. No, exactly. <laughs> um, Caleb's the expert on John here. <laughs> Far from it. But um, until next week. Yes. 
Luke ties a lot of things into uh, Christ's death and resurrection. Specifically, he ties Acts into the resurrection. Uh, mm-hmm. That's what the point of Acts is, the, the spreading of the good news. Yeah. Um, but there is that kingdom theology very heavily thrown in, I feel. Um, he takes, because he's not writing like Mark is, or Matthew is to a Jewish audience as much. He's talking mm-hmm. to Gentiles. There is another theme of he's trying to connect the Gentiles and those who are not uh, the chosen people necessarily as part of, this is part of the plan. It's not a usurping of the religion that already exists or creating a new one, yeah. but including it as part of it. This was the idea the whole time. Yes, this, yeah. this was the point, and everyone's included. Um, Acts obviously talks about it a lot more, but um, Luke also shows quite a bit, I feel. The... Um, the uh, the outcast specifically is couched in the very beginning and the very end of the book. Um, starts with things like the, uh, there are things in Luke's gospel that are only in Luke's gospel uh, that are connected to this idea of the outcast mm-hmm. we talked about, but specifically uh, even just Gentiles, an idea like uh, the Christmas shepherds. Um, that's not mentioned as far as I'm aware in even Matthew's retelling of the birth narrative. Yeah. However, those aren't Gentiles, as far as I'm aware. But they are one of the lowest rungs in society because they're often thought as uh, thieves. Sure. Um, sure. Yeah, there's a... Um, I th- it's an old... I think it's in the, the Talmud where it says that the, um, the only two people whose uh, voices are not accepted as witness yeah. in court are shepherds and women. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. guess who saw him at his birth and then at his re- at his yeah. resurrection? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> shepherds. Of That's how confident God was in that his story would be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and yeah, so th- this idea is is an interesting theme in of itself, but I think it sets up a juxtaposition, which is the theme of the kingdom yeah. that Luke tries to get across. He takes the. He takes the kingdom that the Jews were expecting, and even maybe some of the Gentiles thought that they were going to hear about it, and takes and flips it completely on its head. It's not a physical kingdom. It's a kind of nebulous here and not yet spiritual yeah. kingdom, uh, one of love and peace and joy and not of conquest and bloodshed. Yeah. Um, that it takes and it shows that through the types of people that are going to be in it, shows it through the, uh, the ways that you achieve uh, you fight it in Acts, the, the idea of the spreading of the kingdom yep. in the different areas out to the Gentiles. It's, yeah. It is, this con- it is a conquest, but it's not a very typical conquest. It's a religious conquest. It's not even a religious... Like, well, yes, yeah. but it's not even a religious one. It's one spread well, yeah. by... Yeah, it's, not to sound too lovey-dovey, but love. And, yeah, yeah, it's not spread by, like... Doing the right thing. The inquisitorial way where, like, convert. Yeah. It's the, like... It's like a mind virus. Well, yeah, and that's that's why another reason why I believe religion is the opiate of the masses. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Sorry, I just blew straight over that mind virus part. Yeah. Uh, yes, thanks, am thanks, Mr. Mark. Am I wrong? Man, we're gonna have so many good snippets. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's gonna be a lot of highlights. Actually, um, <laughs> highlights for some. Uh, highlights for others. Isaac Asimov's foundation uses that as a cool idea. Uh, anyways, okay. What? Uh, religious takeover. In yeah, the, in the, yeah, yeah. It's as a means of conquering. We well, don't. I don't think we have enough time to get into what actually, you're talking about. Actually, right now. you know, <laughs> you know what um, conspiracy theorists think. That's exactly what Constantine did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They love that. 
I love butter. that. The meritocracy. I retake my my uh, contrarian title. I love it. The meritocracy way would just say that it won because it was better. <laughs> but yeah. no, that's too easy of an idea. Yeah, it's too easy, man. That's a word I just learned today. <laughs> that's a good word. Um, but yes, with kingdom stuff. Yes, I, I'm sorry if I'm sorry if I'm no, interjecting. I'm sorry. Um, with kingdom stuff, um, in Matthew. We went over um, how there's a big kingdom theme, but emphasis is on the king of the kingdom. Yes. Would you say that... Um, Luke does specifically, yes. Luke does the kingdom theme with less of an emphasis of the, on the king and more of an emphasis on the people of the kingdom. The people of the kingdom and... Yeah, not the king himself, although Luke uses the... Uh, the uh, what is it? The... The, he uses he calls Jesus Lord more than any other okay. uh, any other gospel writer. As far that as doesn't necessitate Never kingdom stuff. Bad. No, it doesn't. But or king stuff. Sorry. That that more nece- that more propagates this idea of he is part of it. He is the the head. He is God himself. Even uh, although mm. that that theme's not as super heavily emphasized in Luke um, as far as I can see. What is uh, Lord? Uh, in Greek again, Ka- Kairos. Kairos. Um, never write that in your papers no. because of a Ka- Kairos is a uh, time. It's Kurios. Kurios. You're right. Lord. He's right. You're right. Um, don't write that in your papers uh, because it's actually super common, supposedly, um, in the first century for lords, masters, slave owners, mm-hmm. even bu- business bosses to be called that. Um, sure. So it's not a, the association to Yahwehistic. Monotheism is just not there for um, for the for for Luke as a Greek author for for no for that word oh, okay. specifically for yeah, that sure. word. Mm-hmm. Um, um, the only times I would put forward is uh, when Jesus says to the Pharisees and stuff like, "Who who are you called good?" That's more that more goes into it, like the idea of good and bad. Yeah, uh, but the, the, the title the of Lord, the title of oh, Lord, Lord. Sure. that's what we're talking about. Sure. Um, yeah. That uh, okay. when it's used in the New Testament doesn't actually go anything like we do in the 21st century when we think of lord okay um, yeah sorry. no that's interesting i derail I, but very specific because i got doc marks for it <laughs> <laughs> that's funny but Personal great yeah. i see i see um no, no no uh you're 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 right um and i don't think that he does that luke focuses as much on jesus as the uh the king who rules overall although that's definitely it's included in it, especially near the end, mm-hmm. in his ascension, his uh, the transfiguration stuff like that. <clears throat> but he more emphasizes the idea of how you get into the kingdom, what the kingdom actually looks like, and its juxtaposition with actual with actual reality, with what the world was at the time. If I can ask another question, mm-hmm. if it's okay, um, in Luke, mm-hmm. um, moral teachings is a big. Yeah, thing. huge thing. Um, Christ's death. Yeah, is Christ's death more emphasized as the thing that must happen so he can resurrect and the kingdom will come in his resurrection? Whereas in Matthew, it's more about that messianic and that the merger of the the messian of the Davidic messianic fulfillment and the servant of Isaiah, the servant of the Lord, merging together, and that's how the king becomes inaugurated is on the cross by fulfilling the lord's servanthood and all that whereas yes in a lot of prophecies are mentioned in 
in Luke, like a lot. Right, but but that's but that's more Matthew. In in Luke, does the crucifixion function, uh, like theologically speaking sure. and thematically speaking, um, differently than that, or is it just the because the emphasis is is yes. on that coming kingdom, which is more on the res on the resurrection and ascension? Yes, he definitely emphasizes the resurrection and ascension. Okay, a lot more cool. in my in, from what I've seen, although. Some people might disagree with that. It's hard to put an exact weight on what certain gospel writers put their emphasis on, although I think most of them do put it on the ascension. But I think when Luke emphasizes the uh, resurrection, it's more of that idea of he's, he's been proven right okay. about what everything, all of his moral teachings, his ideas that he's put forward, all that kind of thing. He can't keep a good man down. Can't keep a good man down. <laughs> no, um, because Luke, more than any other... <laughs> Luke, more than any other Gospels, uh, besides the idea, well, despite the ideas, the many opportunities to find Jesus guilty of a crime, the legal proceedings and everything after that consistently yield no definitive verdict. There's this idea of he is completely innocent and everyone around him keeps calling him innocent. Yeah. He acts innocent on the cross. You see that in Pilate refuses. He's unconvinced about the testimony. Mm -hmm. uh, you have it in even Herod uh, can't give a reason uh, to convict yeah. him. Uh, you have this. The it's they they simply want to kill him. Yeah. Well, through through uh, these trial scenes, the gospel highlights that Jesus dies on the cross as an innocent man. Mm -hmm. But there is no description of the general public deriding him. Even yeah. even the public in, in general don't yeah. call him an evil person. They, yeah. which is odd. Like they, there is this idea that he has been condemned by the Jews as this crucifixion, but not while he's, yeah. Um, after that, that kind of idea. Yeah, it's like a, um, the criminal defends him, and he's promised a place in paradise. Jesus dies with the expression of trust, uh, mm -hmm. with Psalm thirty-one five. They um, do. The crowd does want Barabbas more than Jesus. They do. Yeah, but. Yes, that that's, but that's juxtaposed with Pilate specifically in that okay, that the okay. law doesn't find him guilty. Okay, forgive me. Yeah. Um, the Roman centurion who witnesses the execution praises God and declares Jesus' innocence as like the final stamp on it. So it's and it's, and then his resurrection is the affirmation that he was not just the innocent man, but he is he has been chosen. The cho he is God's anointed. It's kind of like the, the a little nod to the. Uh, Chronicles and Kings, where it's like they did what was right in their own eyes, or mm -hmm. they did what was wrong in the eyes of the Lord. Uh, okay, I see. where it's like the law signified that like this is what should be done, and the people were like, "Nah, fam, nah, fam, yeah, <laughs> we want him dead." <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. No, no, <laughs> yeah. So, in terms of what you're saying about like, was his resurrection, what was emphasized in the resurrection and death? I think that his innocence is the thing that's it emphasized the most. As the other okay. Gospels don't really focus on it as as much. They do a little bit. Um, okay. In terms of how the law perceives them. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, the, the reason why it all culminates in that is, again, these moral teachings that come before, that the, the majority of the book is... To, to give a short outline of the book, it starts with... Uh, Starts with the infancy narrative, which is more em uh, emphasized here than anywhere else. In fact, I think Matthew's the only one who actually talks about it. Yep. Um, then you have a short bit on the preparation for Jesus's ministry, and then you get this idea. Uh, then you get this idea, this progression um, of ministry that Jesus does, 
we talked a little bit about uh, the de- the the city of destiny. Jerusalem's the city of destiny. That's definitely a big part. Uh, as the ministry of Galilee and stuff like that is, it's only five chapters long. Whereas the whereas the journey to Jerusalem and Jerusalem itself is the entire rest of the book. It's vi- like it's only nine chapters spent on the beginning and that last bit especially his teachings in Jerusalem and before Jerusalem is quite a bit longer. Yeah. Um, his moral teachings is definitely the center stage of the, mm-hmm. of the, the gospel for, for multiple reasons, like the thematic overtones that they're supposed to give, but also just this is, this is what Jesus, who Jesus was and what he was trying to teach in his ministry. Well, <clears throat> I think it's all the themes that you've presented so far go with the, this is the kingdom and this is what a kingdom person Absolutely. is. Absolutely. And his ascension proves that. Yep. I think his crucifixion is also going to go into that. Yep. Um, so would his, like the whole city of destiny thing, I think goes into that. Everything that so far that you mentioned goes more into the, this is the product that, and I hate to use the word product, but consume product. Yeah. Consumer. Uh, yeah. Consumer Christianity. There we go. There no, we go. No. Um, but this is the product that mm. Jesus is making, building, and is offering to people. Absolutely. And I think Luke emphasizes that specifically. Okay. Because I think that one of the big ideas in Luke is this. This is Jesus. He is the promised one. He is the anointed one. He's everything that they said. But he's coming with a different idea. And that's heavily emphasized in, okay. in it. Which I mean, is the kingdom specifically. Listening to you talk, I mean, kind of think about this with the Gospels. It's kind of interesting that it seems like the four Gospels are, Mark is saying, uh, the king is here. The king is here. The king is coming. Um, mm-hmm. And then Matthew is saying, the kingdom is here. Uh, Luke is saying, this is what the kingdom looks like. And John is saying, this is what the king looks like. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I, like and it. it's, I like it a and lot. And it's also like a chiasm. <laughs> <laughs> There's only four, so... <laughs> A chiasm can be can held be, in a single yeah. verse in uh, the Psalms. No. Okay. Multiple times. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. We'll have to talk about that when we talk about the Psalms. But, um... I could talk about Psalms. We could do that. Yeah, let's do that instead. <laughs> that sounds like fun, guys. No. Let's just derail the podcast of the Psalms right now. Yeah. I, d- I do like what, uh, Josh, what you presented there. That's kind of yeah. interesting. That's, uh... I've, yeah. 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 The king is here. The kingdom's here. This is what the kingdom looks like. This is what the king looks like. Which you mean the focus is the kingdom? Uh, for this, he's he's like he's been presenting. It's it's mm-hmm. kind of like assuming that the kingdom is coming yeah. or the kingdom's here. It's telling you what does the kingdom look like. The yeah. kingdom has a different power balance. The kingdom. I definitely see that a lot. The love differently teaches yeah. the. That's what I would emphasize the most. But I, yeah. I would understand. There's so many different themes oh, yeah. in this book that. You could mm-hmm. you could drive so many of them together. You could pull out a different main theme or something like that. But yes, yeah. I, I believe so. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, the final section of Luke's uh, first volume, as in the Gospel, uh, displays the resurrection of Christ in greater detail than any found in the Synoptic Gospels, um, which is interesting. Specifically, he mentions more about the. Uh, the people he saw afterwards, that there's uh, his appearances to the other mm. people, his interactions with them, and what it means when he finally ascends. Um, this could be uh, because he does emphasize the Gentile mission a little bit during it. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, again, this reconnects this idea of he's speaking to a Gentile audience, teaching them about this, this idea, 
and then explaining it. Well, I think if he's talking to a Gentile audience, he has to he has to sell the idea of Absolutely. resurrection, yeah, and bodily resurrection, which well, is a big a big part in the beginning of Acts. It's yeah. a big part. Also, um, he's showing this theme because, like we mentioned earlier, that Jesus presents himself to shepherds and women at the end, and so like he's showing again that like in these like key moments in his story he's even he's continuing and showing that like the least of these are a part of the the mm -hmm. problem and the gentiles and the jews probably had heavy divisions as we know from acts like in the churches and so he's showing you that like jesus is going to these people that yeah the the power structures are like throwing out and he's saying like no like they're important enough that like the 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 the, the knowledge of me being resurrected is hinging on these two women. Never. <laughs> like, um, but, and yeah. more, but initially, yeah. yes. Initially, yeah. but yeah. it's like, and then, yeah. But, but I think the, the the recording of, hey, he shows up and then he eats. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I forget if the if the Doubting Thomas story is specifically in, in Luke or not, but stories like mm -hmm. that where the physicality of Jesus post-resurrection is emphasized. He yes. walks with the people to, uh, yeah. to Emmaus. Yeah. Um they they get ready to eat together. They mm -hmm. it's it's he's not some ethereal ghost type thing which would be very popular yep. in first century. Yeah. Yeah, this um, physical bodily ascension. Well, which yeah, again is emphasized at the very beginning of Acts. If you want to draw a more chiastic structure, I don't know. Well, just <laughs> because it's the exact same thing doesn't mean if you're if you're going to have It would be in the same two, structure though. I know. I'm, no, it's, I'm, it's the same event. It's just going to be recorded. That doesn't mean that the the theme is exactly the same. Just because the event re, event reoccurs. No, I, I know. I but know. E regardless, um, the idea of bodily resurrection is so foreign to the Greek mind. I don't know about the Latin mind, to be honest with you. But the know. Greek mind, absolutely bonkers. You're insane. Yeah. Why yeah. would you want to be? A, exactly. Why would you want to come back in this limiting body? Yeah. Exactly. Well, the exactly. Body was evil. Yeah. Exactly. And so there's so there's. Um, that emphasis on him post resurrection mm -hmm. in Luke, because it's for Gentile audiences, just makes sense. Um, yeah. There's also something really cool with the Emmaus story. It's a parallel to Joseph revealing himself to his brothers. Audio listeners, you should look that up. It's really dope. I remember we talked about this once over yeah. coffee. Yeah. You were just like, oh my goodness. It's, <laughs> it's, amazing. it's an amazing connection. That yeah. is really cool. Th there are. <laughs> There are two things I think, well, there's three things we should talk about before ending this idea on Luke. Is, uh, one is to get the Pentecostal idea of, yeah. of Luke, especially, out of all the gospel writers, emphasizes the work of the Holy Spirit with him more than anyone else. Um, when he, he prays, that prayer and the Spirit working are both heavily emphasized in his baptism and his before his ministry, during his ministry, uh, before he goes to the cross, uh, after, while he's on the cross, uh, in his resurrection, stuff like that. There, there is this heavy emphasis on uh, on prayer and the power the power of prayer, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and the spirit working in the world, which I think is very interesting. But yeah, well, it's it's the I think it I think it ties into. Um, I, I don't know. I think that in in Luke, the power of the Holy Spirit is always presented as the thing by which the kingdom is not just um, like brought into. It's the the power by which it spreads. 
Absolutely. Right? Like it's a Especially massive Nash, theme. Yeah. It's a massive theme. Like Strongstad's, out of all the books that I, that I read for school. Yes. Um, Strongstad's short book on the charismatic theology of St. Luke. Yeah. Um, not saying that I didn't learn anything from anything else, but I learned consistently in that book. Or I was just like, yeah. oh, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'm hmm. pretty sure I read it too. It's, yeah. it's a good book. It's right. also what? Did you just say you don't learn anything from books? No, I said it's not as though I don't learn other things from books. It's just that one was like consistent. Yeah, yeah, okay. where it's just like markedly went. Oh, I had a lot of underlines, which well, normally it's not as bad. Normally, I'm, you go into a book and you're like, oh, I I know everything. See, if I let it dr drop there, you seem like the bad guy. <laughs> Make fun of Caleb for not being able to read. Yeah. <laughs> what do you want from me? I, I have read a question. the book. I have a question. Was this also the first book you read? Is that why? Ever. Oh my goodness. Hey, wow. buddy. Buddy. <laughs> Seriously, so the book recommendation. Uh, yeah. Charismatic Theology of St. Luke. By uh, I would Strong say it's Dad. one of the best Pentecostal academic works. See? I would agree. Yeah. See? Yeah. I would it's, agree. What's wrong with so, you guys? The best made case for a Pentecostal view I of the Holy Spirit. Agree. Yeah. No, I loved it. Okay. I was just. Did you learn a lot? Yeah. Reformed did man. Did you markedly learn more from that book than the other books in school? No. Mr. Reformed mm -hmm. man, did you actually care? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, because I'm a. Com I'm. Com I at the time I was completely ignorant of Pentecostal theology. Hmm. There you go. Okay. Well, that sounds like a negative. Out of yeah. all the school books that I learned from, that one is number one. Fair. That's all that I said. It does fair. I just. I just saw an opportunity for a good joke. And, and you insulted me, and I feel, I feel hurt. And <laughs> With a big smile on your face, it's hard to tell. Yeah. Um, anyway, charismatic theology of St. Luke is awesome. Yeah, the, the, there are two things I want to mention. They're going to be short. The first one being, uh, what do we do about Luke 3? Luke 3 has a genealogy that's completely different from Matthew 1. What do we do about it? Caleb, what do you think? I think that uh, there's a clone. No, a clone. I think G Jesus clone. Jesus clone. <laughs> I love it. Um, I actually think that the one is following Joseph and the Joseph's genealogy, and the other is following Mary. But I know that there's many that is, more theories. That's normie theories. That is a normie theory. That's basic. There is an alternative theory that this is an actual case in Joseph's family of a kinsman redeemer. Yes. That Heli was a uh, uncle. Yes. Um, that replaced Jacob, the Matthew one. Um, as the father and the family, and therefore was introduced into the family line for his case, yep. because it gave precedent for a different line in the ancestry. Whereas if you go through Jacob, the original father, it shows a more legitimate yes path. I, I agree. I think that there there's a few more th moving mm -hmm. pieces in that idea. Like yeah, you have it has to be this way. It has to be this way. But there are definitely yeah. two distinct. Um, family lineages yes. uh, propagated here. The only two people that I actually mentioned uh, as being the same person or having the same name, I should say, are uh, Zerubbabel and Shealtiel, uh, which are such common names, especially of the time, that it is very likely they were just completely different people, anyways. Yeah. They, I, yeah. Can so, I, yes. Can I ask you a question now? Okay. It only, it has a list that goes from. Jesus to mm. Adam. Yes. Is that it? That's the list definitively? Those that's the immediate son of, the immediate son of. What? Well, that's how you know that the Well, we can get into that. years old. Mm. 
Anyways. Well, that no, would, no, that no, would be I'm, the... I'm serious. If we're going to bring up the genealogy, we need to address that. There, there is likely that is the recording in the... In whatever records they kept. In the temple. Yes. Because they kept the records in the temple and in the synagogues. Yeah. Also mentioned at the beginning of of Genesis. Okay. Although, at the beginning of Genesis, there is the argument to be made that it's not tracing a literal family uh, lineage as each son occurs. There's also the... Especially considering how most of the people who are named, or many of the people who are named, are names of nations or tribes or groups. Mm -hmm. There's also the thing that we, if you go back into the Old Testament genealogies, mm-hmm. there's people in between these names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. So we know that he's, so he's either completely wrong about it, which is very weird for a historian to be wrong about history of the time, especially when he has such. They um, well, he has access to the records. The most Jewish stuff. records of the time were they were very rigorous. They um, tried they tried um, to be not necessarily as accurate as possible, but they tried to get names. Oftentimes, a theology will have. Um, They'll emphasize sorry, different na- a ancestry people. will have a theological purpose. Absolutely. Yep. Um, did they present to you what potentially the theological purpose of this is compared to um, Matthews? Um, well, the two people have very different uh, mm-hmm. theologies. So if they were to use them for theological purposes, it would make sense that they'd be completely different. Or even if one person were to use it for uh, thematic purposes, it would be different. That kind of idea. My understanding is that Matthew goes to David, right? Matthew's Um, only goes to David. Matthew's only goes to David, and it's the same number between Jesus to the... The same number from Jesus to the uh, exile, and then from the exile to David. Yeah, 14 generations each. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so it's a, a, what is it called, memetic device? For the, yeah. n- n- that's it to remember to remember oh yeah. and again yeah. emphasizing that kingship thing which is also a jewish thing yes. yeah. yeah yeah um i think also also the the only issue sorry do you have something to say oh i was gonna say uh uh luke's is also in reverse his is from jesus up whereas matthew's is from david down which is traditionally is the I way actually yeah that. um like he starts with Jesus going to hell, he then blah, I read blah, 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 both blah. of them and I missed that yeah. completely. Yeah. And his goes and he's tracing like Jesus is Jesus's father is this person, this mm-hmm. person's father is this, but right. And it always and then it goes down to God. Yes. Whereas and so like Adam there's like a God. Yes. Yeah. Which is a might influence that uh also it might be size because like he might have been limited mm-hmm. in paper. Oh. Like sure. Like sure, so yeah. like. He Especially was like, if he's I'm, writing it with acts on the yeah. same page. And if people can go to the records mm-hmm. and like see this, he's like, well, I got to shorten it for like yeah. people like how know Kings the gaps. Like Chronicles did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, like people know the gaps. Yep. Um, but here's the trace that if you follow the key figures up. And like we said, especially if he's trying to make a point yeah. with it. Yeah. Yeah. Matthew's obviously referencing Jewish kind of ancestry, right? Obviously, he yeah. obviously wouldn't put Rahab in there. There were no yeah. reason to put matriarchs it's in true. the genealogy, yeah. which Luke doesn't do because he's not writing from a Jewish yeah. perspective. That's that. Well, yeah. Well, he's well, just he's, like... He's also putting Rahab in there because, again, the emphasis on marginalized. Yeah. That's definitely one of the reasons. Um, Rahab isn't in Luke. Oh, he's in, in Matthew. Matthew. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, which is... She's more important to the, you know... Um, the, the direct... The thematic like, ideas of Matthew on and Jewish... It, I, got, I think it, that is mm-hmm. because there, there's a there's a couple arguments, but generally because, like, the, the line to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, but also um, her 
There's no mention of her husband in the story. Uh, she gets married to a Jew. Yeah, but like, it's the the emphasis in the story is on her. Okay. Like, it's not on her husband. Her husband played no part in the story. Okay. Like, that was the only reason it mentions that she marries a Jew was so that she becomes a part of the Jewish family. Mm -hmm. Right. And yeah. same with uh, um, uh, Judah's daughter, the other woman in what Matthew's. Sorry, we're, we're focusing too much on Matthew now. Yeah. we got to finish up I, the loop points. I think that it's, it's also good and important for especially listeners to note is mm -hmm. that um, historians of the time are very different from historians. If we read a genealogy, say, on Caleb's ancestry, we trace it by person. It's very, it would be outlandish for us to skip people, yeah. or at least it would feel very strange, especially if you read it in a, in a book or something like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But at the time, that wasn't the norm. It was a completely different context of culture and all mm -hmm. that. It, it makes, at least from what from my research, it makes sense why they would either, I don't want to say skip people, but mm -hmm. emphasize certain people over others by including them. Yeah. yeah. Also, I think that the most likely reason as to why they are different, especially from the, pa the parents above Joseph kind of idea, is that they're focusing more on different lineages or kinsman redeemer kind of idea. I like the kinsman redeemer. I think it's mm -hmm. slightly less likely, but it's still a really, it, it still is completely possible. Yeah. Um, but if, uh, if Luke is more focused on the actual lineage of Jesus, which wouldn't be Joseph because he does open it with, and with, with Joseph as being the person there, he says, supposedly Joseph, essentially. Mm -hmm. He says, as, as people thought it was Joseph, but it's not actually. It would make sense mm -hmm. if he traced Mary instead, yeah. um, who is the actual lineage kind of thing. Whereas thematically, it makes more sense for Mark to follow Joseph yeah, yeah. in terms of the time yeah. and Jewish culture. Yeah. Um, and I just want to point out um, for the audio listeners, uh, Matthew starts with Abraham. Starts with Abraham. It's good. Yeah. Okay, so it's Abraham it's, to David. It's fourteen. David to exile. Okay, there is three sections. Yeah. I said yeah. there's only two, and I'm like, yeah, there's that three. I know there's three. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot that. Too. Yeah, uh, the other woman was Tamar, Judah's daughter. That whole scene. Right. Mm -hmm. yes. Yeah. Right. Um, okay. I guess we is is that all you have for? I think so. I think so. I feel Luke's like there's cool. one more thing, but I don't remember what it is. Anyway, yeah, that's Luke. Yeah. Okay. What do you think? In terms of ranking the Gospels, which is our favorite part. It's got to be top four. So, <laughs> yeah. Mine is a top five. Can you, can you run us through a summary of what we talked about today? Summary? Uh, Luke seems to be a book written by, uh, who, definitely written by Luke. As far as history can tell, it almost certainly was. Yeah. Um, something we didn't go over, which I actually kind of want to quickly go over with Josh, just very lightly, is that... Uh, uh, Luke was written, I believe, in either the early, in, sometime around the early 60s, the mm -hmm. year 60-ish AD, yeah. which would make your dating of Mark wrong. Sure. Which is, or unless Q is way more important than we actually think, but I think that we have, that the only issue is then why not make that one of the Gospels as well. That, that's kind of the, the issue I have with making Q super big. Okay. Why isn't that one of the Gospels as well? Yeah. Because well, God answer didn't is, want it to it, be. Sure, but then we don't even have any writings of any other one that was spread around. Um, sure. If it's a collection of, say, Matthew's notes, then it would make sense that they would spread that too. Right? As far as I'm aware, that's um, the main hypothesis. 
If yeah, if it's Proto Matthew, that that's fine. But then it would just be. It's Matthew. funny because it when has I asked, to be Proto Matthew because some of it ended up in Matthew. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's, and, and in Luke too. Yeah. Well, it's 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 one of those weird things where it's like uh, the textbook in class said it. The other the other <laughs> the other class the other commentaries say it. Then you ask the prof and he says no. And I, mm. <laughs> um, that's fair. There's also a lot of ideas that they were written in like the 40s. Um, that Mark was written in the 40s. I've heard that. Um, or even 30s. The, I've heard which I The problem is just yeah, it's I've hard to... It's hard to... There's not a good time period where he could have written it in the 40s. Sure. Um, I've heard... Yeah. From my research, which I didn't get super heavy into Mark, mm -hmm. it seemed that the people generally agreed that it was the 50s. There was a... Not the 70s. One of the main things was that the way Mark is written... Mm-hmm. Uh, fits a style of a time period that right. follows that that's after like and same with Matthew it fits in the after the the fall of Jerusalem right because of the clarification of Jesus yeah um, what's it called there's that specific uh, section in yeah the gospels has a specific name but it's his yeah. whole um, lamenting over Jerusalem yeah. and then the and then there's also like prophecy. a lot of the heat right. the uh the uh, rabbiisms and the Hebrewisms of the time period follow a group that's in Syria. Sure. In the seventies, the late seventies. Yeah, and yeah. So same and same thing with they Matthew. don't appear before, and so and, and yeah. that could be possible. And then and in that case, it would either be if it were, I think that the case for Luke to be written before. 70 is stronger yeah. than after 70 mm -hmm. the uh the the reason people some, some people say it's after as far as i can tell it can't be any time before 90 yeah it's written because there's too much pro at that point you have to uh also then it, push, it pushes john beyond his lifetime see the, here, you have the domitian uh prosecution yeah. which was very yeah. heavy and that's right after nero here's here's the thing with you can say that those that mm. those have influence in Luke, and maybe, yeah. Uh, my argue of why my argument why I would actually agree with Colton on the dating of Luke mm. um, is because we actually have almost the exact same opinion of the dating of of Acts. Yeah, um, and Acts definitely comes after Luke. Whenever whenever yeah. Acts was penned, Luke was looked before, and Acts is a very narrow window. Yeah, in it the depends how you how much emphasis you place on certain parts. I completely yeah, agree with yeah. you. It like is. like you, yeah. you can you can say otherwise, but yeah. I think. I think if you have to go with probability, sure, it, it's it's like what is it? It's sixty-two to sixty-four, -ish. or something like that. That would be before the death of uh, before the Nero's prosecution and the death. Mm. Uh, and yeah. sixty-three-ish was the death of uh, James. Yeah, which would uh, be a big one. Late sixties uh, is the death of Peter of Paul. You're talking Peter, the death of Peter. James dies in Acts. No, no, no the other James. Okay, yeah. but Peter dies. It's the it's the one that Peter, um, Peter and Paul's deaths aren't recorded and they're yes those they're the reason why, the, why yeah. the ones are are linked um um but yeah sure right. okay yeah i'm not saying you necessarily disagree but that's one of the reasons why i held the position that i do when it comes yeah. to when it comes to dating in this time period um especially if they don't actually give a specific date which why would they um yeah it's it gets murky but we can i think generally we can all agree it's sometime in the mid ish yeah um Mid-ish first century that yeah. these were written. Yeah. Except for oh, yeah. John, maybe. John late. Yeah. yeah. Late or early um, second. Century. It's also possible that like the Mark and Matthew Hebrew and uh, 
rabbi-isms were like they may have generated them in the area maybe um it also gives credit to the q document being the Mm -hmm. one that they all take from um and he was before his time you don't understand He's a trendsetter. This is this yeah, is like before when I said I don't really yeah. care. But I, I, I <laughs> personally, do, I do. It's believe, good for the conversation, but yeah, I do believe that Acts was written probably around sixty sixty three A D. Mm. Sixty four at the latest, in my opinion, could be sixty five too. I don't know. Um, and Luke obviously was written before that, um, based off of many things that we don't have time to go over that I have written down in a document, but not important for right now. Yeah. And if that's the case, Mark probably was also written before that. But it could also be something completely different we just don't understand. But I think, yeah, I think that covers Luke in terms of dating. Uh, Written by Luke, probably around the early 60s. To finish up the summary, um, a big theme is the kingdom of the marginalized and what exactly it means, especially for the Gentile, to understand the connection between the Jewish Old Testament and the modern world of the time and what it means in terms of theme and morals and all that. Yeah. Um, continued into Acts, unless Caleb disagrees. But <laughs> no, but... Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Awesome. So that means we have one gospel left. I get to present John next week. I'm super excited. Are about you it. ready? Son? Kids, that's the line. Ooh, <laughs> you're ready, Are you ready, son? <laughs> you're ready, son. That's not the lyrics. Um, Is that SpongeBob's dad? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, yeah, John. Looking forward to it. Um, we let's quickly go over our online question. Okay. Yes. Yeah. What re- Reddit Bible? Read it in the internet. Oh my goodness. Wow. In case you can't remember what this segment's called, we can't either. (laughs) What is it? Do you remember? I read it in the Bible. Read it in the Bible. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks, Joel. You're welcome. So, that was funny. Continue. You're scooping around on the net, dude. Um, Yeah, read it in the Bible where we take a question. Could be on Reddit, could be on Facebook, whatever. Yeah. Uh, people who have questions about the Bible. So this mm-hmm. one's actually less about the biblical, let's say, narrative or even con- like content, and more about the medium by which it's distributed. Why are there so many translations? Yeah. Because because Jesus wanted there to be many different ones. That's the answer. Do you, do you want- I'm KJV sixteen eleven. Can till I die. We're making a lot of jokes. If about it was good it. enough oh, so there's, the oh, there's three reasons. If it was good <laughs> can I give whatever? <laughs> Holy Caleb. Yeah. What are the three reasons that you were going to give? Okay. Um, vocabulary. Mm-hmm. Target audience. Yep. What is the vocabulary? Vocabulary. Yep. Um, are they grade five, grade twelve, uh, graduate? Yeah. Like, who do you want to be reading this? Yeah. Can they read it? Um, the second one is the uh, the methodology. Do we go with as literal as possible yep. for that age, word, for, for that word, reading word level? Word for word, thought for thought. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and then the third one is because we live in the modern day and age, money. Yes. Because Zomverdin can't print. Actually, whatever. Um, Zomverdin and Crossway and any other publishing can't print a translation which 
a different publisher yes. hired a bunch of translators to do, they have the copyright for that translation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so yes. if Crossway wants to, as they did, produce the new English Standard Version or print their own Bible, they would have to develop their own translation. Yeah. Or pay for the copyright, um, which they don't want to do. There's, yeah. there's also the... This is related to your first point. It's language is dynamic. It's not a static force of like, like, take like yeah. plug in answer get result, yeah. like plug in question get result. Yeah. It's you got the the literalist approach. You've got the uh, more metaphorical approach or the or the message. Yes, or the new. Literature. That's not a translation. That's a paraphrase. You're right. Um, Which gets into the methodology. Either way. Yeah. But so yeah, it's language is dynamic. Over like you're also dealing with like like yes, the Old Testament is Hebrew with spatterings of Aramaic, but it's also that's that's Hebrew over fifteen hundred years. Mm. Like English a thousand years ago looks nothing like English today. Yeah. And <laughs> in terms of language and and all that, we also have better and more developed understandings of both the Hebrew, the Greek stuff like that. Yeah. Early more, as in like exactly how context and grammar and stuff works. Especially when it comes to things like uh, harder, harder to understand ones like uh, Ecclesiastes, mm-hmm. um, which have grammatical different variants that are very confusing a lot of the mm-hmm. time, but not to the point where it changes like meanings and and the ideas in the text, just like how words work and stuff. And so, well, some verses we are we are lost on the meanings on. Yeah, and but you'll see updated versions of say NIV or KJV and stuff, yeah. and people well, are like whatever it's, about it's it. Norm, it's normally when those translators will go, okay based on the context and our understanding of extra biblical texts, what can we present to the reader that we think as a team of translators yep. that text is trying to say? Yeah. Um, and so you have, there are some variants. Um, yeah. Like, uh, like there's, there's the variants of, um, you know, the target reading level, the methodology, and of course the, the um, printers for the most, for the majority of those things, and for the majority of Bible translations, mm-hmm. you should be choosing which translation you read based off of obviously the first two, unless you're a weird brand loyalty you, guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You should also be like, only. Um, you should also like a really fun thing to do is get multiple translations or like a a Bible that has like four translations side by side, mm-hmm. and to like compare them. Because yeah. in doing so, you'll see the dynamic differences in the methodology, but also like how different words can be interpreted in their context mm-hmm. um, and, and this is not to say that like mm-hmm. people really heavily disagree on how the what the bible means or anything it's usually going to be syntax or yeah. i or even syntax semantics yeah. all the different uh variations in terms of emphasis yeah. placed on words in the bible yeah uh, endings like, and isms one of the common things one of the things that our uh, professor a joint professor that we had used to say was that uh the like the difference between the ESV and the NIV is the ESV will be more consistent with its translation of a word throughout time in the Bible. Yep. So it'll it'll if it's the word uh, uh, nefesh, it'll give that same spirit definition of spirit um, throughout. Um, but sometimes in the NIV, it will give a variation of the translation because in the context, it might push for that sure um and so whereas one will be more strict with its definitions the other one will be more open to the context that it finds itself in and seeing those differences is awesome because you get to see like oh like or like throughout 
time, like old NIV versus modern NIV. You'll see like the, how the modern lingo of English changes. So it, it changes how the definition of a Hebrew word translates into an English word. Sure. Well, it's, it's, ac it's actually interesting. The amount of English translations is, and just how many there are, is actually a benefit for the layman. Mm -hmm. If you don't want to or can't learn ancient Greek, Koine Greek, or ancient Hebrew and Aramaic for Daniel, yep. yeah. then go through different translations. Yes. And you will see the way that different scholars in that field have translated that. Yes. And you'll be able to see where, okay, this is where there's some discernible stuff. Let's yep. go to a, let's go to a, a commentary. Let's figure that stuff out. Yep. And then you'll find, oh, this isn't, you know, I've been reading this one word this way and always interpreting it this way. But when I, yep. when I read it in this yep. text, it gives it that more holistic view yes. on a verse. It's actually to our benefit to have more Absolutely. English yep. translations. And there's a uh, precedent for it because sometimes there will be, uh, this happens a lot in uh, the book of Corinthians, where there will be phrases of the time that are used, yeah, idioms but and the such. translation will translate it literally, or they, they won't put the idiom in, they'll give the translation of the idiom into like, it's... Mm -hmm. The interpretation of the idiom itself, no. not and the they, words, and they won't tell you. Yeah, yeah, and so like you'll see it, and you'll be like, "Oh, that makes so much more sense." Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, and then yeah, but it's really cool. Yeah, and then well, there's some idioms that we just don't know. For uh, yeah, and for for a minor sacrificing the holy cow, I don't think it's fair to say that there's one holy. Uh, we won't get too far into it. Holy is the wrong word to use there. No, there isn't like holy one ho or holy. <laughs> No, there, there isn't. Okay, let me clarify. There isn't like one holy scripture where the rest are, are not kind of idea. Like translations. Okay. Translations. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, sorry, there is one holy scripture, and that's the Bible. But um, With a W or an H? Or a W and H? I'm, <laughs> uh, H. I'm specifically H. talking about hole punches. Yeah. Yes. Um, I think what Colton is... It's cheese. Come on. Like, <laughs> start the W. Colton is playing with terms here where he's saying that like, there are people that will say King James only. Yeah. And they or will even refer NIV. to that as the word of God and every other translation is not. Yeah. Or even pre-2011 NIV. Yeah. Uh, stuff like that. You get people who are very uh, kind of like uh, football teams or hockey teams. Like, this is my mm. camp. Everyone else is not as good kind of idea. Yeah. Which is fine to have a favorite. But to say that the other ones are like bad or evil or whatever. Except the passion translation. Well, it's it's possible to be very wrong. Yep. Yeah. yeah. The but voice translation is rough. You, you really yeah. yeah. Or or what happens when you actually have biblical texts where okay, so there's a group that interprets that does the translation doesn't actually um, expose who did the translation and specifically alters texts yeah. to prove theological points. Um, yeah. New World Translation. Yeah. JW. Yeah. yeah. Jehovah's Witness, Mormons, yeah. stuff like that. Or even the changes that King James added. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Um, okay, we're gonna cut it off there. Okay. Um, thanks, Colton, for uh, presenting Luke. And um, next week we're gonna go over John. And uh, yeah, hopefully you'll be able to uh, join us next week. Thank you for making it this far in this week. And um, have a great week. Thank you.